Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Hello, hello, hello. What is up, you guys? It is Anya here. And this week, I'm coming at you with a solo episode. I'm going to be honest, it was a little bit of a last minute pivot for this week. We were originally going to record together and do something somewhat like Valentine's Day relationship themed because this is coming out, I believe, on Valentine's Day. Um, So because Kylie had to head home for a little bit of a family emergency, don't worry, everyone is safe and healthy and fine now. Um, We just lost our original recording slot and she was going away this weekend. And I said, you know what? Let me handle it. I'll jump in. I'll do a solo. So you guys are stuck with me this week. And this week, I don't really have a good title for this episode yet. Basically, I just want to get really kind of existential with you guys. Um, one, I mentioned one of my goals for 2024 was really to start to visualize and more seriously consider the different pathways I have in mind for you know the remainder of my 20s. And I've been feeling especially kind of existential this week. And so what I wanted to do for this episode was just kind of gather some visualization, kind of journaling prompts that we are going to talk through today. And I'm going to answer kind of live and vulnerably on the podcast to help, you know, selfishly me go through some of my thoughts. But also I thought it might be helpful if any of you are considering if you should kind of be making a change um, or just kind of what you want to see for the next few years. So I'm going to talk through these questions and I'm also going to put the prompts in the description in case you guys want to journal on them or anything like that as well. So that's the plan for today. Sorry, it's not Valentine's Day themed. I'm sure I could have come up with something, but I felt like this was just kind of weighing on me this week. So I figured I would just go with what felt intuitive. So hope you guys are interested in this topic. And if you want to just listen to the main episode topic, you can check the description for the note on where to skip to. But otherwise, I'm going to go ahead and get into my week in review. So I'm recording on Saturday evening. It's eight o'clock on a Saturday night, and I've got a glass of Sauve Blanc here just vibing. I had a really good day today, like a day that just kind of felt full of things that really felt good. Um, So I woke up and I went to a Pilates class. I went to a different reformer Pilates class than I normally do because the one that I wanted to do is not available on Saturdays. So this one was like a little bit more of a cardio-ish one, which I was a little scared of because cardio is really not my thing. It's like my least favorite way to work out. But I found that like with the combination of the reformer, I did enjoy it more than I expected. So that was nice. And then I went to the grocery store. I went to Trader Joe's um, and kind of did a restock for the week. I came back and my boyfriend Grant and I went on a long walk, uh, like a three-mile walk, and cooked some food. And now I'm here ready to podcast for you all. So it's funny because I mentioned that this episode is kind of touching on one of my goals for the year for 2024. And funny enough, it's actually touching on two goals because I'm going to talk about another one here in this week in review. So one of my goals for 2024 was to reduce artificial urgency in my life. And I kind of meant that across all categories of things. So I think it's most prevalent in a work setting for me. My title at work is technically chief of staff, which I joke is like chief of stuff. And so essentially, rightfully so, if anyone has a question about pretty much anything when it relates to the organization or what they should do or a process or who to go to for something, like they come to me. 
which is great. And I think it makes sense with my job title. Um, but I think it has created a lot of artificial urgency in my life. Um, just getting, you know, bombarded with questions all day and not really having the ability to focus on my own tasks. And so I've kind of made two improvements this week, I guess you could say. So um, I made like little chief of staff office hours and put them on my calendar as like a Google appointment slot that people can sign up for when they have questions and just grab like 15 minutes with me. And so I've been designating that hour a week so that when people come with like more extended questions around like our policies or things like that, I can kind of try to like funnel them into that slot. And I found that that's been really helpful. So I'm happy about that kind of improvement. And then the other thing was um, this week we were up against a big deadline for a federal grant opportunity. A lot of the work that I do at my job is around applying to grants and kind of authoring different proposals and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't weird that we were up against a deadline, but basically like less than 48 hours out from the deadline, we had like to make a major shift in our strategy. We were going to go in with a partner and the partner kind of pulled out last minute. Um, And so we kind of had to make a final call of, do we go for it alone? How do we need to pivot if we're going to go for it solo? And I think it was a good example of just kind of learning the importance of just going for it and not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good, which is something that I've kind of struggled with in the past. I think past me would have just said, well, it's not going to be our best work no matter what at this point. So let's just not do it. And I think it was a good kind of example of growth that I was like, you know what, we have some stuff built out, like, let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can go for it. And getting back to that kind of urgency thing, I think, you know, this, this aspect of being able to decrease artificial urgency in pretty much all aspects of my life that I'm really working on has allowed actual urgency, like the time and space, (laughs) if that makes sense. And I almost feel like the things that are actually urgent don't feel as stressful because I'm not constantly full of urgency. So like as a result of de-stressing in other areas of my life, I have more space for like the occasional natural stressor, if that makes sense. So yeah, I just wanted to share that because I'm sure everyone has, you know, something going on in their life that could be stressful, but doesn't necessarily have to be. And so I just encourage you to kind of do that self-development and bring out those tools so that when something truly urgent comes along, you have like the mental space and capacity to deal with it instead of just kind of already being in like fight or flight mode and making it really challenging to deal with things. So I don't know if that made any sense, but that's kind of it for my weekend review. I have a really long rehearsal day tomorrow. Um, I mentioned that I'm participating in Romeo and Juliet, which is a really exciting opportunity for me to be part of a full-length ballet. Um, But our rehearsals are pretty much all day on Sundays, or at least they have been so far. Maybe it'll kind of ease up as the show goes on and I'm less involved in the later acts because I think act two and three is like mostly just Romeo and Juliet. Um, The characters like themselves, (laughs) Um, which I'm not. Um, So we'll see. But yeah, tomorrow I have to be at ballet from 1.30 to 7.30. So I'm very intimidated by that. So wish me luck. I'll bring some snacks and whatever. Um, But yeah, I'm just kind of chilling tonight before the storm tomorrow. So That's it for my week in review. Let's get into my favorites. Yes, I still said favorites because this week I'm coming at you with two favorites from my end. The first is a new hairspray that I've started using. So I find myself needing hairspray quite often. Um, You guys know that Kylie and I are dancers. And so pretty much anytime I'm going to a ballet class or a rehearsal, I really try to like slick my hair back. I'm always kind of like a, a low bun or like a low pony claw clip kind of gal. 
Um, and so I always kind of need to sleek back some like flyaways and that kind of thing. So I got this new hairspray called the Kenra Perfect Medium Spray 13. I don't know where the 13 comes in, but that's the name. So I'll link it in the description if you want to check it out. I think it was like $16 or $17 on Amazon. So a little pricier than a hairspray that you would get at like a CVS or something like that. Um, But what I really like about it is like I was saying, I need to use it pretty often, but it doesn't give my hair the same kind of crunch and residue that I've found with cheaper hairsprays. So what I find is that, you know, I can put it in my hair and sleek it back for an all day rehearsal on Sunday, but then I can very easily brush it out and still wear my hair down on Monday. So I just really like kind of the versatility of that. And I find that it's very light on the hair. I have thin, very fine hair. Um, so it, it's immediately obvious if I have like too much product in it and it just completely ruins my hair because I have to wash it. Um, so I really like that this one is so light and like very easily brushes out Um, So it's also good for just styling your hair down or like curling it or something like that as well. So if you're in the market for a new medium hold hairspray, I really recommend this one. And it smells so good. I would love to like get a perfume that smells like this hairspray. So that's favorite number one. Favorite number two is a Trader Joe's item. And it was top of mind because I restocked on it when I went earlier today. It is the Sesame Honey Cashews from Trader Joe's. I will say these cost a pretty penny as far as nuts go. I think they're like eight or $9 (laughs) for the bag, Um, but they are so delicious. So it's basically roasted cashews with honey and then like they put honey on it and then they put sesame. The sesame will like stick to the honey. I imagine that's the process. Um, So I find that it's just like the perfect combination of salty and sweet. Like I think it's more of like a sweet treat for me. Um, but it definitely has like a salty, like really nice kind of balanced quality to it. So I think they're really good. And I like having nuts around as just like a snack and like a kind of healthier dessert alternative. So if you also are into nuts, definitely check this one out. Um, I like, I've been making my way through the fancier nuts at Trader Joe's and this one just really stands out to me as being super good. Um, especially if you like sesame, if you like honey, highly, highly recommend you give it a try. All right, we are going to take a quick ad break and then we'll be back for me to get into some very vulnerable discussion that honestly I don't want to do, but is very good for me to do it and hold myself accountable to this goal. So stay tuned. As you all know, we're both trying to work towards our wellness goals this year, and that's why we're excited to introduce Liquid IV as the sponsor of this episode. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you can get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights. We actually used Liquid IV when we were traveling in Europe last year, and it definitely helped us recover after some long nights out. Plus, it was super convenient packaging to keep in our suitcases and in our purses throughout the day. My personal favorite flavor is watermelon, but I'm excited to try the new strawberry lemonade flavor too. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TDH at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code TDH at liquidiv.com. All right, we're back and we are ready to get existential, to start thinking about our future self and what present self has to do to benefit future self. So basically, like I was saying in the beginning of the episode, 
one of my goals for 2024 was just to kind of get a little more serious about what I want to do over the next few years. I've been in Boston for a long time now and I love it here, but I definitely think there's an aspect of me that's always thought that I would live elsewhere and just want, craves that change. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of want to more seriously consider the different pathways that I have in mind and like could pursue over the next few years. And it's not the most comfortable thing for me to just kind of come on here and like stream of consciousness journal kind of do it um, this way. But I think it's really cool to kind of hold myself accountable in this way. And it'll be interesting to look back on this episode if and when I do make a choice to make a big change. Um, so if you are kind of in that same position, if you're considering making a big change, hopefully this resonates with you. And if not, hopefully just, you know, gets you to think critically about your current situation. So what I had mentioned in the goals for 2024 episode were the couple of like different things I've had on my mind for the last few years are, you know, moving somewhere else in the States, continuing to climb the corporate ladder, moving to Europe, running away and starting a farm, just staying here and keep doing what I'm doing. So I'm really itching to kind of figure out what's next for me. And I don't necessarily foresee these changes happening like immediately, but I do think in the next like year, year and a half, I am going to make some sort of significant change, whether it be to job, to where I live, um, moving somewhere new. Like I definitely think that that's forthcoming in the next year or so. Um, so I just want to start thinking about it. So what I did was I basically gathered some journaling prompts and some kind of helpful like visualization tools that we're going to talk through today. And so let's get into it. So the first question is, how satisfied are you with your current life, job, and location? What aspects do you enjoy and what aspects do you find lacking or unsatisfying? So this question is interesting and I found myself struggling with it a little bit because when it said like, how satisfied are you with your current life? I would say like pretty satisfied. Like I really do love my life in Boston um, other than the weather, I will say. Um, but I, I really like, you know, where I live, um, the specific neighborhood that I'm in. I feel like I have a really good balance of like city life when I want it and like more convenient suburban life when I want it. And so I like that I get to have that choice. Um, I have a really great kind of community here that I've built through my time in Northeastern and, you know, getting to live in the same city as Kylie as adults. And also like the dance community around here is like really vibrant, I feel like compared to other cities. Um, and honestly, like I just know the area, like the back of my hand, <laughs> which is cool. Like pretty much any street you name, I know where that is. If it's in like Boston, Somerville, Cambridge, um, and so I just think it's cool to be like so familiar with a place. Like it really does feel like home. I mean, I've basically been here since 2016 with the exception of being at home during COVID. Um, I'm proud of like the routines that I've built here. And I think the biggest thing is that I'm so, so, so grateful that I've been able to find a way to continue dancing and that I get to dance for like 10 to 15 hours a week right now as an adult. I think that's like so unique and cool. And that would be honestly my biggest hesitation about leaving and moving somewhere else. I know that might sound silly to people, but it really would be. Um, I also feel like very secure in my job. Um, and I, I do feel like I continue to be tested and like learn new things a lot in my job, even though I have been there for a while. So it's tough because I am overall satisfied with my current life. And I feel like some people might be like, well, why are you even considering making a change or moving away? And I think it's just, I, I've always imagined myself living many lives and I don't really know a better way than that to say it. Like 
growing up, I just always imagined that, you know, I would live in Europe for a few years. I would live somewhere else for a few years. I would do this job and this job. And I just always imagined my life being like very dynamic. And I think it's so great that people can feel fulfilled staying near home. Like obviously I know so many people and I think just, you know, statistically the the vast majority of people tend to not move like a hundred miles away from where they were grown up. Like, I think that's like some, the stat that I've seen is that people tend to stay within a hundred miles of where they were like born. And I think it's so awesome that people can feel fulfilled that way. But I've just always known that I wanted to like have so many experiences in my life. And I think it's because I was really blessed to travel from a young age. My parents like really prioritized that. And I think I was so lucky to have that. And so I just always grew up knowing knowing that there were like so many different ways to live your life and just being like, I want to try them all. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think like I'm just feeling a little stagnant is probably the biggest thing that I am feeling like lacking, I think, and like unsatisfied with. Like I just think I'm in a groove, I'm in a routine, I have a community and that's all great. But yet I'm still feeling like there's something missing or like there's something more that I need to experience. Um, and so I think like the core reasons that I'm looking to make a change when it like comes down to it would really just be looking for like a change of scenery and looking for like more of a push towards personal growth. Like I think I'm doing my best here and I think I have had a ton of growth in Boston, definitely in this apartment. Um, but I think the way for me to achieve further growth is by like getting further out of my comfort zone. Um, and I just feel like I'm very much in my comfort zone right now. And it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to like push yourself out of your comfort zone because it's comfortable. That's the whole point. Um, but I think it will be important for me over the next couple of years to really like take steps towards that and just like figure out who that version of Anya is. So yeah, I would say that's my answer to this question. Um, I'm not unsatisfied with my current life, but I am unsatisfied with generally feeling so comfortable. I don't know. It's hard because I know that I'm privileged to feel comfortable. Like I know that that is such a privileged thing is to be comfortable and so many people are uncomfortable. This is very stream of consciousness. I hope you guys realize that when you clicked on the episode. <laughs> Sorry if you weren't expecting it. Um, but yeah, curious what you guys think. What are How satisfied are you with your current life, job, location, and what aspects do you enjoy and what aspects do you find lacking? Let me know. All right, the next prompt, envision your ideal future. Where do you see yourself living, working, and spending your free time? So like I mentioned, I've always, you know, wanted to live many different lives. And I think in the last couple of years, I've sort of been able to refine like at, at the core what these few potential opportunities could look like. Um, so I think obviously option one is staying in Boston, you know, continuing life as normal, maybe getting a new job in the next couple of years um, and maybe, you know, relocating, but like generally staying in the Boston area is obviously option one. Option two would be staying in the US, but going elsewhere. And I think, you know, just transparently, I've had a lot. I've I've been very drawn to Charleston. Um, I've actually only been there once, but it just felt like this weird alternate universe Boston, if that makes sense. Like, and you might think I'm crazy if you have experienced both of these places. You're like, they literally don't feel the same at all. But to me, I just feel like Boston had 
or Charleston had like some elements of Boston that I really like. It had, you know, kind of that older European feel in some parts. It had European architecture. It's it's basically just as old um, as Boston, like as a city. Um, and so I think it had a lot of commonalities, which I thought was really cool. And I wasn't expecting. Um, so I really, really enjoyed my time there. And I want to prioritize taking a trip or a few trips back there in the next year, just to kind of assess like, is this actually somewhere that I might want to relocate? And obviously the weather would be a dream. Like I, I, I was born and raised here in New England. So like, I know snow, I know cold. I've been there, done that. Like it doesn't, I know how to live with it, but I'm also not naive to the fact that you don't have to live with it. And I think it'd be really cool to experience where a world where like, I didn't have to like suffer outdoors. <laughs> I know, you know, obviously you suffer in other ways in different places. So, you know, if it's not the snow, maybe it could be the rain or, you know, a hurricane or something like that. So like, I'm not naive to that, but um, I just think that would be interesting. I've never experienced somewhere that didn't have like all four seasons, for example, or like where the coldest it got was like 50 degrees. Like that's just so foreign to me. I've never been anywhere like that for an extended period of time. Um, and so I think that might just be like interesting to see how it affects my mental health, honestly. Um, I don't experience like super bad seasonal depression, but like I definitely have some level of like cabin fever throughout the winter just because it's so miserable to go outside sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's Charleston. I've also had a soft spot for Chicago. I've been there a couple times and just always really, really liked it. It's obviously a huge city, way bigger than Boston. And so I don't know how comfortable I would be with that. I honestly prefer like smaller, medium-sized cities. Um, but Chicago has been like a great experience every time I've been there. Obviously wouldn't get past the winter thing there, but, and then I've always, always, always seen myself eventually living in Vermont, at least for some period of time. I'm from New Hampshire. We're from New Hampshire, both of us. So like, it's not that different, but it is. And if you're from New England, then you know, it is like, I always joke Vermont is like New Hampshire's like cool liberal cousin. Like they have a lot of similarities, but like culturally they're just really different. Um, and I've always just kind of resonated with the culture in Vermont and just find everything about it like so charming and beautiful and quiet and simple. And I think that would be a really healthy environment for me. Um, so those are kind of the US options that I'm toying with uh, for the next few years. And then option B, or I guess C, wherever we're at, is to move to Europe. Um, I was raised by immigrants. So I feel like that might be like good context for why I've always felt very drawn towards like European ways and customs and just like ways of life. Um, and also just having been to Europe since I was like a child, I just have always really loved the way that they do things. Like I think they just have so many things figured out um, when it comes to like health and food and balance between work and life and vacation time. And I just think there's so many elements that they do better. <laughs> and I would love to like have the chance to experience that. I know Europe is a huge place, so it might be silly to just be talking about it in like such broad terms. Um, I really, really loved Amsterdam when I was there. Like I feel very drawn towards Amsterdam in particular, but I would feel so lucky to live absolutely anywhere in Europe. And every time I go somewhere in Europe, I'm kind of like, mentally look, looking around and saying like, oh, was this somewhere I'd want to end up like long-term? Um, so I think obviously immigration is tough. Um, I think the easiest pathway for me to actually move to Europe, if that was something that I decided to do, would be likely for education. So um, getting my MBA in Europe, I do want to get my MBA at some point. So I think that would kind of be the easiest way in because it's easier to be, you know, an international like foreigner 
um, if you are there under a student sort of visa situation as opposed to trying to find work. That's not to say you couldn't find work. I'm sure I could if I put in the work. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. So those are the, that's me envisioning my ideal future. I'm cheating because I can't just pick one, but those were kind of the things that I have in mind. Um, as far as where I see myself living, the next kind of aspect of the prompt was where I see myself working. Um, so I essentially, the best way to say what I do now and kind of the skills that I have right now is that I work in like nonprofit management. So chief of staff at a nonprofit, I know a good amount about grants, about kind of general operations, about efficiencies, about hiring, um, all of that kind of stuff. And so while I'm sure these skills are definitely applicable outside of a nonprofit, um, I I think if I stay in the nonprofit world, my dream would be in some sort of like arts administration role, um, specifically for like a ballet company. I think that would be absolutely amazing. I do check the Boston Ballet Careers page every so often, just like with the hope that one day they'll list a position. <laughs> um, so I think that would be super cool would just be to like kind of be able to combine my love of dance, but also my like career mindedness. And like, I've always known I wasn't going to be a professional dancer. And so I think it would be cool just to like bring that back into my life in that way. Um, but at the same time, I do want to make a lot of money. <laughs> like I, I have expensive, uh, tastes and habits. So I just feel like there's likely a chance that I'm going to have to pivot into corporate America and find a way to like apply my skills there. I'm certainly comfortable with the amount of money that I make right now, but I've just always seen myself being able to live like a more luxurious lifestyle, especially when it comes to like housing and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll see as far as that goes. And then as far as how I envision myself spending my free time in the future, dance is like absolutely non-negotiable for me at this point. I need to continue to dance. I see myself dancing like literally throughout my life. I see myself dancing in like my 60s and my 70s. Um, there's some ladies in my ballet class that are that age and I just admire them so much and I, I know that's going to be me. Um, so that's a non-negotiable, but I'm not naive to the fact that my sort of performance um, ability is very unique to where I am right now. Like I think if I moved to Vermont or Charleston or Europe, like I wouldn't necessarily have the um, opportunity to be on stage like I do now. And so, you know, I would probably have many hours a week back as a result. And so I was thinking if I were to move somewhere, um, I think I would really like to get certified in some sort of fitness um, you know, regimen or like technique. Um, so, you know, I'm really interested in bar. I'm really interested in Pilates. And I think a lot of our dance training does translate very well to fitness instruction. Like we, we know how to talk through movement. We know how to convey what movement should look like. We know how to correct when movement is done incorrectly. Um, and so I think that's kind of a natural pathway that I see myself taking. Um, but yeah, just kind of enjoying, enjoying, working out, enjoying ballet, enjoying like going to farmer's markets and um, thrifting and just all the things that I, I like doing now. I, I see those relatively staying the same. Okay. This next prompt is pretty specific to moving, specifically the idea of moving. Um, but it says, what would happen if you choose to stay? What opportunities for growth and fulfillment might still be available to you in your current location? And I like this question, especially just because, you know, like I said, I love Boston. Um, I think it'll always feel like home. And so if I choose to stay in Boston, I think the biggest kind of opportunity for growth and change and fulfillment would probably be my job, which is tough because I like what I'm doing right now and I do feel pushed, but I have been there for about four years, going on four years. And so I think, um, you know, that might be something that I consider making a change to if I end up staying. 
Um, whether it's, you know, pivoting into a different role at my current place or looking somewhere new, I don't know. But yeah, maybe that could be part of the reason that I'm feeling a little bit stagnant. It's crazy that we were in college for four years because just like knowing that I've been at this job as long as I was in college is so bizarre. Like I feel like I was literally a different person when I came into freshman year versus when I graduated. And I'm sure like the same relatively goes for this job. It's just maybe COVID like messed with our perception of it too. Cause I about like a year and a half or two years of it was during peak COVID. So anyway, the next one is identify any fears or concerns you have about making this life change. What are the potential challenges or obstacles you might face? How do these fears impact your decision-making process? So I think, you know, thinking about like moving specifically, I think the biggest fear or concern that I would have would be like struggling to find community, I guess. I am in general like sort of a lone wolf, (laughs) if that sounds taggy, but like I've always been a very independent person. Um, But I think especially like the idea of moving to Europe might be a little bit intimidating because I just hope I could still like relate to people because I know that there can be a big, obviously like language barrier and like cultural barrier to meeting people and yeah, just like struggling to find community and like be comfortable, I guess would be my biggest concern, especially a dance community. Like I said, I'm okay with the idea that I might not be able to like perform with as much frequency or potentially at all. But if I'm not able to like take class, I think that would be like a huge problem for like me and my mental health at this point. So that would be my biggest kind of hesitation. Yeah. So just like in general, like feeling like a transplant and just kind of like not having a sense of belonging. And I guess for for how these fears impact my decision-making process, I think they're all overcomable. <laughs> like I think they're all solvable. Um, so I wouldn't say any of the the fears that I have like make any location a no-go, but I think it's just like knowing that it might take some extra work depending where I end up to like find those opportunities or like find those communities um, and being okay with that. On a similar note, the next question is consider your support network. Who are the people in your life that you rely on for support and companionship? How would making this change impact your relationships with them? And how important is their opinion in your decision-making process? So like I mentioned, I'm kind of like a pretty independent person. So I've always had like a relatively small circle of friends that I keep. Um, I pretty much just have Kylie, some of my dance friends, Anna, and like um, my former roommates are like really the biggest kind of community that I have here in Boston. Um, And then of course, like my parents as well are up in New Hampshire. And so I think Overall, everyone in my life would be supportive if I decided to make a big change. Um, I do think it would probably be hardest when it comes to family. I live about an hour away right now, and I lived farther than that for about like five or six months at one point, but I've never really been far for an extended period of time. So I think especially the idea of like a Europe sort of situation where it might just mean like seeing each other more like quarterly or like a couple times a year um, could be tough. So. Yeah, but I think overall, like I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm too worried about my support network disintegrating. Like I think no matter where I end up, I would be able to stay in touch with people. And that's something that I've always admired about my mom as well is, you know, she immigrated to the United States like in her late 20s and she still talks to her friends from Russia on the phone like weekly, like seriously. And I think that's so cool. And I think I would try to emulate that as well. 
um, like not letting distance get in the way. I know it's easier said than done, but I've seen it done. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's my, my answer to this one. The next question is reflect on the potential for personal growth and development that making this change might offer. How do you envision yourself growing and evolving in a new environment? What opportunities for learning and self-discovery do you anticipate? So I think this kind of gets at like an overarching theme for this episode. I essentially would just love to figure out who I am outside of my comfort zone. I think, you know, when things are feeling new, I feel pushed a lot. So like when I first started college, I was constantly pushed out of my comfort zone and learning new things about myself and others. When I first started my job, I was pushed outside of my comfort zone a lot, having to you know, network and represent our organization and that kind of stuff. But because I'm so comfortable, I don't really feel like I'm, I feel like I'm very rarely outside of my comfort zone, honestly. And so I think it would be interesting to see like what kind of self-development might emerge from being somewhere new. I think I would have to find like new ways to spend my time and like new ways to feel fulfilled. And I think that would be good for me to start kind of exploring and thinking about. Um, So yeah. And then this last question, imagine yourself looking back on this decision in the future. How do you think you would feel if you chose to stay versus if you chose to make this change? What regrets might you have and how can you minimize them? This is very interesting because obviously hindsight is always 20-20, so I don't actually know what future me is ever going to think, but current me, perceiving future me, thinks that I would always have a sense of what if. Just because I've gone my whole life knowing that I wanted to experience lots of things, knowing that I wanted to see what would it be like to live down south? What would it be like to live in a major city? What would it be like to live in Europe? Like I've always known that I wanted to have all these experiences in life. And so I think if I choose to stay and especially because right now, like I arguably have the most flexibility that I'm ever going to have in my life. Um, I think I would just always have a sense of what if, and I think that would maybe be the biggest regret. And obviously I don't want that. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that you know, that answer kind of was a big aha moment for me because I think it confirms that I really do feel pushed to make a change in the next year or so. Stay tuned for what that change is. I don't even know yet. There's obviously logistics involved. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. I know it was a shorter one and a more like stream of consciousness one today. So I hope you guys didn't mind being stuck with me for the week, but Next week, I will be back with Kylie, so stay tuned for that. And yeah, I'm going to leave these questions in the description in case any of them resonated with you and you want to use them as like a journaling prompt. I think this was a really useful exercise for me to kind of think about what different pathways could look like, which is one of my goals for the year, as you know. So if you are having like similar goals and you want to leverage any of this, feel free to do so. It'll be linked down in the description below. I'm going to put a Spotify question along the lines of kind of what you're getting existential about. So check it out for that and leave me your response. I would love to see it. And with that, we will be back next week. You can follow us on Instagram. You can always um, respond to our anonymous suggestion box. We get some good uh, feedback there. So especially if you aren't as comfortable messaging us on Instagram or anything like that, definitely encourage you to do that. And yeah, we will be back next Tuesday. So bye everyone. Bye everyone.